0: But I love these movie nights. I love being able to come in here and talk about these movies and kind of bring some, bring some of the principles of these movies into kind of our faith conversation. It's really, really cool. So this week, as I was studying through how in the world am I going to talk about Jesus and Peter Pan in the same conversation, um, it kind of got me thinking. I had to think a little bit this week. Um, so warning. But uh, it got me wrestling and, and, and with all this stuff. And some of us, we have a really hard time with growing older. Right? Right? Some of us have a really hard time. Some of us love our birthdays. We're like, it's my birthday week, woo! Other of us are like, yeah, it's my birthday. Don't tell anybody, right? Because we, we have a hard time with this concept of getting older. We have a hard time transitioning through different seasons of life and this progression and all this stuff. And so we get kind of weirded out by it. And some of us just want to stay young, Right? So I want to say, I mean, it's apparent, and maybe we don't necessarily say it out loud that, oh, I just want to say young, dumb, and reckless, right? We don't necessarily say those things, but our actions are screaming those things, right? Do, do we kind of know those people that I'm talking about, right? And so we want to stay young, we have this idea of staying young, and maybe we don't say it overtly, but maybe we do. Maybe someone's like, "Yeah, man, no, I'm cool with that. I want to stay young. I don't want to get old. I don't want to, you know, progress to the next phase. I'm cool with where I'm at. I'm comfortable, confident. I want to stay right here." But coming out of our series that we've been in the past 3 weeks, the stretch series, and if any of you guys missed it, it's on our podcast, on our website, centralchurch.cc, and um, check that out because it's been an incredible series. We talked about this idea of stretching ourselves right? And we said in in week one, we talked about this basic foundation The way that we can stretch ourselves is through prayer, is through worship, is through God's word. That's a way to stretch ourselves. And then in week two, we talked about generosity as being something that stretches us, right? And it costs us something. And when we're stretching, it ultimately results in growth, right? And then in week three, we talked about doubt, positive doubt, how doubt is a positive thing. Doubt is the fuel for faith, and without doubt, you can't have faith, and they work hand in hand. And so, you know, if you missed any of those, those messages, I would highly, highly encourage you to go to our podcast and check that out, because it's really, really good stuff. But coming off the back of that, thinking about this stretching, thinking about this growing, this, this maturity idea, I thought it would be a really cool thing to look at Peter Pan and kind of put these things together. Because this idea of stretching is what fosters growth, which growth is the goal, right? Right? Would, would we agree that growth is the goal? Okay, we, I got a couple bobbleheads. The rest of you are like, I'm so creeped out by that clock tower. But, uh, you know, okay? Growth is ultimately the goal, and then growth fosters forward progress, right? My mom used to say all the time, she'd say, if you're not growing, you're dying. I was like, thanks, Mom. That's morbid and scary, but I get the point, right? It, it, it makes sense. And so one of the main ideas of the movie and story of Peter Pan is that Peter Pan and the Lost Boys, they live in Neverland, right? Not Michael Jackson's house, they live in Neverland, okay? And they never want to grow up, right? They stay young, forever it's this like perpetual youth thing and so they spend all their days kind of aggravating and eluding Captain Hook and they're in just this perpetual youth and so that's kind of the idea of the story they never want to grow up and it's cool for like a kid's movie and a kid's story and it's like oh yeah that would be so so great and it makes a great jingle for I don't want to grow up I'm a Toys R Us kid right you guys know that a million toys of Toys R Us that I can play with do you guys know that Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, that's good marketing. I'm still singing it and I haven't been to Toys R Us in years. But here's the problem. Too often, as Christ followers, we come down with this Peter Pan syndrome in our faith journey. Too often, we come down with this Peter Pan syndrome in our relationship with Jesus and as our walk as Christ followers and as Christians. We don't want to grow up, we don't want to stretch. We don't want maturity a lot of times. We don't want those things because when we grow, it's hard, and it requires adjustments. It requires change, and we all know how hard change can be, right? And so we don't necessarily want to grow. We don't necessarily want to stretch because when we stretch, it hurts. If I bend over and try and touch my toes right now, I might not be able to bend back up because it hurts When we stretch, and when we stretch in our hearts and in our lives, it hurts and it's uncomfortable. And when we mature, what that does is it it, it elicits responsibility on our part, right? And action and accountability. It means we actually have to start doing the things that we know we should be doing, right? And so we come down with this Peter Pan syndrome where we're like, oh yeah, no, I'm good with all that. That sounds like a lot of work. Sounds like it's pretty difficult. Sounds like it's pretty hard. Sounds like it's going to cost me something, you know, I'm good. I'm good. You, know, I'm, you do you. I'll do me. I'm, I'm good with this. I'm going to get this Peter Pan thing going on. I'm just going to stay exactly where I am. But when we chase after what's comfortable and familiar and easy peasy and safe, that's what I'm calling, that's what I like to call this Peter Pan syndrome, this I don't want to grow up. And the thing is, that's nothing new. Right? That's not something that's happened in the past five or 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, this idea in our you know, relationship with Christ that we just want to stay shallow and we want to stay back and we just want to chill out and have this Peter Pan syndrome. It's nothing new. Paul was dealing with this as he wrote the New Testament. Right, He was dealing with this with all the churches that he planted and started off and he was like, guys, the goal is growth. The goal is forward progress. It's not just like, hey, Jesus, okay, we're cool. All right, cool. I'm going to do me, you do you, and I'll call you when I need you. Right that's not the way that this whole thing works. This whole Peter Pan syndrome is nothing new. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 2, what Paul is doing is he's writing to the church in Corinth, right? It's a church that he started and he's going through and he's kind of coaching them on how to do this thing. And he writes them in chapter 3 verse 2 of this letter and he says this. He says, "I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready." And so he says, "Listen, I gave you guys milk like you were babies." I gave you the easy stuff, right? I gave you the, the, the simple stuff, but you're still not ready to move forward. And what Paul is saying, he's saying, that's a problem. That's not okay. It's not okay for you to just take the easy stuff and then say, yeah, the hard stuff, that's cool. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe get to that one day later, right? I'm gonna stay here in Neverland for a while and hang out. And then maybe one day, never, I'll go do that. And Paul's saying, no, 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 listen, that, that's not the way that this thing works. He's contrasting this milk and meat idea with this idea that the milk is immaturity and the meat is maturity, right? The, the, the meat is growth. If we had to kind of define the milk, I would say that it's the justification, justification through Jesus. That's what this milk is. It's this whole concept that we talk about so much here at Central Church, this idea of love, grace, acceptance, forgiveness, mercy, Right? We talk about those things, and we love talking about those things, right? We do. We love listening about those things. We love hearing those. I can get behind that. Absolutely. Love, grace, acceptance, forgiveness, that's, that's all really good stuff, and I'm really, really into that. That's, that's cool, and I can come to church on Sunday, and we can talk about it, and I can get pumped up, and I say, yeah, everyone for everybody. Yeah, this is, this is us. This is great. This is amazing. This is awesome, but then I would define the meat here as the renewal of attitude and action in response to God's revelation. In other words, life change, right? Life change. So sipping on milk is saying, you know, yeah, you know, uh, it's great. Jesus loves you. God is awesome. This is wonderful. You're accepted. He wants you and all that stuff. But then the response to that, the meat that we're supposed to be working towards, is this idea of life change, It's this idea of response in attitude, response in thought, response in action. It's where it goes from more than just talking about it to actually doing something about it. Does that make sense? And so Paul's sitting here saying, he's saying, guys, it's really, really cool, really, really awesome, this whole milk thing. I gave you milk, but here's the deal. I'm coming back to it, and you're still there, and that's not cool. Paul's saying, you guys need to step it up a little bit. You need to, to come at this a little differently. And, but, but here's the deal. This call to righteousness, this call to action and all of that stuff, listen, it's a process, and it's a journey. And so before I come off too hard-lined of like, y'all need to grow up or get out, like that's not what I'm saying at all. And so please don't, don't take that at all. But in Hebrews chapter four or chapter 5, verses 13 and 14, Paul's writing to these people, the, the, church, the, the, the church of Hebrews, and he says this. He says, listen, check it out. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So essentially what he's saying here, he's saying, listen, milk is good for the babies. Milk is good for the young. Milk is good for these new, fresh relationships with Jesus. It's a great thing. But listen, you haven't had meat yet because what? He says you haven't trained yourselves to do so meaning there's a training process there's a journey to this it's not just like I go from like you know I have I have four kids and none of my kids I mean yes some of them are very smart but none of them jumped from like formula and milk straight to pounding steak right I'm like okay kid here's a steak knife and a steak go to go to work do work Jackson like what he like take it and like hit his face with it and throw it on the ground and it just wouldn't make any sense to him right and that's not the jump, It doesn't, no one is expecting that to happen. And if you are expecting that to happen, it's not going to happen, okay? It's a process, it's a journey. And so, but here's the problem. For some reason, somewhere along the line, the church has gotten this twisted a little bit. And we talk about this a lot. The church has gotten it twisted a little bit because it's this interesting thing. The ministry of Jesus, something that you'll notice if you, if you open God's word, the ministry of Jesus is almost defined by the worse your situation, the worse your sin, essentially the worse person that you are, the more you're attracted to Jesus. Have you noticed that in scripture? The worse off that you are, those people are more attracted to Jesus, but that's not the case with the church. That's not the case with the church. The worse you are, you're like, I don't know, I don't know about all that i will keep the church at an arm's length because I don't want to, you know, burst into flames when I walk in the doors. They have that mentality because the church has given them that mentality. The Bible did not give them that mentality. And so we need to kind of re- reevaluate the situation and say, why is that the case? Why is it that the church is not defined by pulling the worst of the worst of the worst of humanity and attracting them and making them feel welcome and making them feel apart because that's what Jesus did. So why is it that we are not doing that? And I think it's because of this. And this is what we've talked about this many times. For many, 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 many years, the church has been defined by its parameters. The church has been defined by if you fit into this mold, into this box, into these parameters, you can be part of the body of Christ. Right? If you maybe dress like us, if you think like us, if you vote like us. The fact that the church has a way to vote blows my mind. But if you think like us, if you vote like us, if you dress like us, if you listen to the music that we listen to, if you interpret the scripture the exact same way that my grandma interpreted the scripture for me and told me how to interpret it, then you can be part of the church, right? And it's this idea that if you fit the mold, if you fit the box, if you look like us, think like us, dress like us, talk like us, approach like us, believe in heaven and hell like us, and believe in Jesus like us, and think about all these things like us, then you can be part of us. And so when the people who are really, really far from God see that, they say, Yeah, I don't fit into those parameters. That's not me. I'm not interested. No thanks. Right? And that's a problem because that's not the message of Jesus. That's not the message of God's word. It doesn't say, do all this, do all this, do all this. Then all men can come to me. No, it it doesn't say that. But for some reason, the church has began to say that. And it's become like this religious law, like that's the way that it is. And that's not the way that it is. We say this all the time, the way that it is is you put Jesus in the middle and everybody chase after that. As long as you're chasing after that, you're in. You're part of it. You put Jesus in the middle of your life and you start chasing after Jesus, then I'm gonna call you my brother and sister in Christ. Because it's not about the parameters and the sin and all the junk that's going on in your life because I got parameters and sin and junk going on in my life. And all of you have parameters and sin and junk going on in your life. And so how am I going to stand here and say, well, I talk to you guys on Sunday morning with a microphone, so therefore my sins are not as bad as your sins. Or I put on my nice clothes and go to a building and sing songs, and so therefore my sins are not as bad as your sins. What? What? How, how did that happen? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and our goal is to chase after Jesus. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be chasing after Jesus. It needs to be an active pursuit of holiness. That's where this stretching comes in. That's where this growth comes in. That's where this maturity comes in, because the closer you get to the middle, the more you're going to stretch. The closer you get to the middle, the more you're going to grow. The closer you get to the middle, the more you're going to mature, it's a process, and it's all part of the process. And so the goal is that everyone's pursuing Christ, but here's the deal. It happens at different paces. And, so we, and, and and Seda agrees. It happens at different paces. Because here's the deal. Some of you put Jesus at the center many, 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 many moons ago. Get the Peter Pan reference? Many, many years ago. Right, You put Jesus at the center. So you've been on this journey for a while. And so you're a lot closer to the middle than those of us who made the decision last week or yesterday. Or who haven't even made the decision yet, but you're here just kind of hanging out in the fringe checking this thing out because you heard really bad things about the church, but you're like, oh, these people don't seem that crazy. I don't see any snakes yet, so I'll hang out, right? So the people who have put Jesus in the center a long time ago, they're way further on the process, way further on the journey than those who are still on the outskirts but that doesn't give the people who are further in the process the right to look at the people out here and say, you're not doing it right. You're not welcome. You're not part of us. Whoa, 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 whoa. When did we become defined by our parameters? We should be defined by what's in the middle. And if that's Jesus, then that's what you should be defined as. And that's what you should be defined by, by chasing after that. Does that make sense? And so it's a process and everyone's at different places in the process but the whole point, the whole goal is stretch. The whole point, the whole goal is growth. The whole point, the whole goal is maturity, to get closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to the middle, because here's the deal. As we get closer to the middle, growth happens. As we get closer to the middle, it stretches us. As we get closer to the middle, we mature. As we get closer to the middle, sin falls away, because here's the deal. In 1 John chapter 1, verses five and six, it says this, God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. God is light. God is perfect light. In him, there is no darkness. You put that at the center, all the shadows in our heart, the shadows in our life, the darkness that we have begins to become illuminated when we get closer to the light. Does that make sense? The closer we get to God, the darkness begins to fall away. Some of us have a lot of darkness that we're still holding on to that as we get closer to the light, it's going to fall away. It's going to become illuminated. And maybe that's what's causing us to have this Peter Pan syndrome. We don't want that stuff out there, right? We don't want our business and everybody's business, right? And so we kind of, oh, I'm just going to hang out here because I don't want that because God is light and I don't want all that to be out there. Right? And so then we, we psychologically or subconsciously, we stay in this Peter Pan mode. This Peter Pan syndrome, we're like, I don't want to grow. I don't want to mature. I don't want to do all that because I don't want that illuminated. Right? I don't want that sin. I like going out and doing what I do on the weekends. I want to hold on to that. And so we're not stretching, and we're not growing, and we're not maturing. And Paul's saying, listen, guys, you got to do this. That's the point. Right? Peter Pan syndrome is this idea that we say, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to just sit, sit over here and sip on some milk. And that's what's gonna happen. I'm, gonna, I'm down with the love and the grace and the acceptance and the forgiveness and it's totally cool and I'm gonna put Jesus at the center and then I'm just gonna hang out over here and sip on some milk for a bit. I'm gonna do me, Jesus could do him and we'll just do our thing and he's in the center so I'm part of the crew but you know, I don't wanna necessarily... And listen, and then we think that we're living in the fullness that God has called us to and we think that we're living the life that God has called us to and I'm here to tell you that you are not you are missing the picture here because it's not about just getting your foot in the door. That's not what it's about. When you place Jesus at the center, you should begin to run after that. You should begin to chase that. You should begin to move passionately at that. And when you do, you're not doing a solo project. That's the whole point of this whole church thing and this faith community. You say, I'm going this way. Come on, let's do it. How many people can I put my arm around and move them with me towards the center? It's not getting closer to the center and then looking back and going, Look at those jerks. They don't love Jesus as much as I do. What? It's about saying, hey, I'm going. I'm pumped about this. I'm stoked, and you need to come too. You need to join me. This needs to be a team thing. We all need to be moving forward together, making this happen. And so Paul tells the church in, in Corinth and, and the Hebrews, he says, listen, maturity is essential. It's essential. This milk thing is not enough, right? You can't sustain life on milk. I've tried, I haven't tried, but sounded good, right? You can't sustain life on milk. There has to be, you know, some of us are living on milk and and Jesus is saying, hey guys, check it out, man. Like Ruth's Chris just got this done and it's like so super good. You should totally have some. We're like, nah, I'm good. Still over here with some skim milk, not even 2%, skim milk, I'm gonna chill with that. Kinda tastes like water and it kinda gross, but I'm gonna do it, I'm good, right? He's like, dude, check out this steak, meat and potatoes, baby, let's do it. I'm good. I got these shadows. I want to. It's this Peter Pan syndrome that we find ourselves in, and it's not what God has called us to. And so, I want you to ask yourself a question this morning. I want you to be honest with yourself and ask yourself a question: Am I concerned with growth? Think about it. Am I concerned with growth? Do I even think about growth? Or do I think, oh, 11 o'clock on Sunday, I gotta go to church. Oh, there's a movie night on Friday night, I guess I'll go hang out. If they need me, I'll, I'll, I'll volunteer, I'll hang out, whatever. Or are we literally, personally, seriously concerned with growth? Is growth a goal? Is growth something that we are striving for? Is growth part of the process in our mentality, in our worldview, in our perspective? Is this something that's real, to us because in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 it says, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ you know what this is? This is Peter's final directive this is the last thing he says in his ministry that's recorded in the Bible, saying, guys, listen if I'm going to leave you with one thing, this is what I'm going to tell you to do grow in the knowledge grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, grow, grow grow, 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 that's the point this whole life of ministry that I've done here's what I'm leaving you with, grow grow Make that an important thing to you. Make that the thing for you. Put Jesus in the middle and then grow, grow, grow towards that. So ask yourself, am I concerned with growth? Do I even think about it? Here's a question. Is it happening? Because it's not just going to happen. It's something that we have to be intentional about. If you don't think about growth and work towards growth, it's not just going to happen. And you're not just going to wake up one day and be like, wow me and Jesus are so close this is amazing I know everything the Bible says it's not gonna happen I did try that and that didn't work right it takes intentionality it takes work to make this thing happen and so maybe you're in here this morning and you're suffering from Peter Pan syndrome maybe you didn't know you were suffering from Peter Pan syndrome and now you're like dang he just read my mail or maybe you did know and you're like dang it I do not want to talk about it, but I guess that's true. I guess that kind of is what I'm doing and where I'm at. And so maybe you didn't realize it, but you're hanging out sipping on milk. You're just sipping on milk, sipping on some milk, not scissor, milk. And you're living on the milk, and that's just kind of where you're at. That's kind of where you're hanging out. And you're just like, hmm, yeah, mm, milk, Mm, love it. And it's comfort, and it's easy, and it's not scary, and it doesn't hurt, and it's safe, and you're totally cool with this love, forgiveness, acceptance, grace, and all that stuff, and you're like, yeah, man, I'm all all about that, man, but there's not really any substance in your life. There's not really any meat in your life. There's not really any stretch. There's no grow. There's no maturity that's taking place. You're ignoring the call to respond to the revelation of Jesus. You get the revelation of Jesus, but you're not responding day in and day out. It's not changing who you are. Or maybe you did realize you're part of this Peter Pan syndrome thing and you're sipping on milk and you're thinking you're on the right track and you're thinking that you're doing the right thing and you're thinking that it's all inclusive and you're all set and all right, this is great and you think you're living in the fullness of God, but like I said, you're sipping on skim milk and God wants to give you a steak. And he's saying, listen, this is where I want you. I want our relationship to be close. I want our relationship to be intimate. I want our relationship to be personal. I don't want you to just come and listen to a really, 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 really good looking guy talk on Sunday mornings. That's not, don't laugh, Ken. That's not all I have for you. I have so much more for you. And he's saying this, and we need to just kind of wrap our heads around that. Either way, whether you realize it or not, and you're suffering from this Peter Pan syndrome, I wanna challenge and encourage you to not leisurely follow Jesus. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, hey, take your time getting there, guys. Just kind of hang out and mosey right along. That's not the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel is to run after Jesus, is to chase Jesus after Jesus with anticipation, with excitement, with passion, pissing him at the middle and saying, how can I get there as fast as possible? And how can I bring as many people with me as possible? And every decision that I make, every reaction that I have, every proactive move that I make, how is that going to get me closer to the center? And how am I going to bring as many people with me as possible? Because this is changing my life and it can change other people's lives as well. It's not falling victim to the Peter Pan thing of saying, oh, yeah, I'll stay young forever. And they're saying, no, I want to grow up. I want to get close to God. I want me some freaking Ruth Chris. Anybody want to go there for lunch? No, that's above my pay grade, too. So we'll just, we'll talk about it metaphorically. But listen, here's the deal. James chapter 2, the whole chapter, the whole, uh, the whole letter of James and all that stuff, it talks about faith and works right? And it talks about this idea that we can have this this faith in our head, but if it doesn't come to fruition through our lifestyle, then the faith in our head and the faith in our heart is dead because they go hand in hand. And so you can't stand there and say, yeah, I'm cool with Jesus. It's awesome. And then it not affect your heart and your life. It doesn't work that way. They go hand in hand. When you have an encounter with God and you have an encounter with Jesus, it should wreck you in a good way. And you say, whoa, okay, yeah, I want some of that. And we begin to chase after that with all that we have and all that we are. We must grow, we must stretch, we must mature, we must develop, we must keep moving forward. And so here's the deal this morning. I want you to ask yourselves, what is my next step? What's my next step? Is maybe your next step is to say, hey, okay, okay, yeah, I'm actually gonna put Jesus in the center. I'm I'm actually gonna do this thing. I'm actually gonna kind of get into this process that he's talking about. Or maybe your next step is, man, I've been at this for years and years and years, and I've kind of hit the coast button, and I need to get back in the game. I need to get back on this thing. I need to be actively pursuing a relationship. with You. I need to put him at the middle. I need to be chasing after that, not just leisurely moseying down the beach towards that direction but I need to get on my horse and I need to go. Or maybe you're somewhere in between, but what am I specifically going to do in response to the revelation of Jesus Christ? What am I specifically gonna do in my life starting right now to move me closer to the center? Maybe it's a one-time decision. Maybe it's a a consistent decision of saying, okay, bam, I'm setting it up right here. I'm gonna get out my phone. I'm gonna set an alarm on my phone every single day. I'm gonna do this one thing every single day from this moment forward because I want to pursue Jesus and I wanna put him at the center and chase after that as fast as I can. I wanna fight against apathy. I wanna fight against this Peter Pan syndrome and I'm gonna move forward. I'm gonna stretch. I'm gonna grow. I'm gonna do this thing because here's the deal. If we don't have specific goals, we won't reach specific outcomes. We say, yeah, I want to be closer to Jesus. Okay, cool. So do I. What are you going to do about it? We need specific goals to achieve specific outcomes. And so this morning, what I'm asking you is, what are your specific goals? What is your specific first step? Because I want every person in this room to walk out of here with their next step. And like I said, we're all at different phases in the journey. We're all at different areas. And so some of us are going to have really small decisions to make. Some of us are going to have really, really big decisions to make. But everyone has a decision to make. Because as far as I know, nobody's at the center standing next to Jesus yet. Right? So we should all still be heading in that direction. Nobody is there and arrived. And if you have, go to church somewhere else, please. Okay? But we're all moving in that direction. And so if that's the case, you need to ask yourselves, what do I need to do to take that next step? What do I do? What do What I need to do to move forward? Because the general idea here is we need to grow. We need to flex. We need to stretch. We need to fight apathy. We need to fight all these things. We need to move. That's the big idea. That's the general idea. But the specific takeaway is what are you going to specifically do to grow your relationship with Jesus? What are you specifically going to do to stretch yourselves spiritually? What are you specifically going to do to reach a new level of intimacy and maturity in your faith journey? What are you specifically going to do? And maybe it's what we talked about a few weeks ago. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to set an alarm on my phone that says, hey, say a prayer. Hey, you know, uh, open your Bible and see what it says today. Get the Bible app and they can send you like reminders every day. Maybe it's you're going to spend some time in worship. Maybe it's listening to music. Maybe it's singing music. Maybe it's just living a life that's in response to God daily and saying, setting an alarm on your phone, hey, worship today meaning respond to God today, live that out today. Maybe it's something as simple as that. Maybe it's getting involved in a house church and not just going to house church. There's a difference. Not just going to house church, but maybe your next step because you've been going to house church is to open up and become vulnerable at house church and begin to actually talk during the discussion times and share your thoughts and your feelings and your struggles and your shadows so that light can come in and illuminate those things. Maybe that is your next step. Maybe it's an extreme life change. Maybe it's a change of job. Maybe it's a change of of work situation. Maybe it's a change of friends. Maybe it's a change of relationships. Maybe it's a change of living situation. Maybe it's an extreme decision. You say, you know what? This is what I need to do. This is the step that I need to take. This is where I need to go to make this happen. Or maybe it's a subtle life change. It's the conversations you have. It's the activities you find yourself doing. It's the people you find yourself doing these activities with. Maybe it's something as simple as generosity and opening ourselves and being more open-handed than closed-fisted. Not necessarily with our money. Maybe it is our money. Maybe it's our time. Maybe it's our effort, our energy, our abilities. Maybe it's any of these things. But what is it that God is calling you to do? I can't stand up here and tell you what that is. That's between you and God. And so what we're going to do this morning is Leo is going to lead us in a song because I, I'm serious about this. I want you guys to have the opportunity to have that conversation with yourselves and with God. And I say, God, what is next for me? What do I need to do to take the next step in this journey, in this process? And say, God, here, here's a prayer that I pray all the time. God, give me the wisdom to know what to do, but then also give me the strength and courage to actually do it. so as we gather this morning, just think about it. Assess yourself. What is it? What is the very next step in my life to fight Peter Pan syndrome? What is the next step in my life to stretch, to grow, to foster maturity in my relationship with Jesus? Let's pray together. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word thank you for your Holy Spirit that illuminates these scriptures in our heart, makes them become alive and come real to us. God, I pray this morning as we're having these conversations with you, with ourselves, I pray that your Holy Spirit would inspire us. I pray that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the areas in our lives that we need to hand over to you. God, if there's people in this room who are making the decision to put you at the center for the first time, I pray you'd send your Holy Spirit to wrap his arms around them and to let them know that this is it, that this is an amazing journey that they are about to begin. God, for those of us who have made this decision and we're just kind of trying to fight our way through it, we're trying to reject apathy and fight against this Peter Pan syndrome and move forward in relationship with you, I pray that you would give us the wisdom to know what to do and the strength and the courage to actually do it. But God, I pray this morning that every single person in this room would be introspective, would do some self-evaluation and would talk to you and open themselves up to your leadership and your guidance this morning. God, we love you. We praise you. We adore you.